because of um, the uh, artwork today and the title of today's message, um, I would understand if you are bracing yourself for a political sermon. But it's only a little bit political. Uh, Before we get to the politics, I want to talk about what Jesus says to his church about how we can uh, learn from him in the face of disease. So, what can we learn from Jesus? Well, oddly enough, for most of the past uh, 2,000 years, uh, people have looked at this message or this, this passage today as not only a commentary on disease, but also a commentary on sin. People have looked at it and said there is an allegorical meaning. In addition to the problem of disease, there's the problem of sin. And just as Jesus was willing to heal the 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 man with the skin disease. If I call it leprosy, that's because I've got old Bible uh, translations in my head. Um, it, it's a broad term, and it could include leprosy, but it could include other things as well. So this man with the skin disease, um, in the same way Jesus was willing to to uh, heal the man who had a skin disease, he is willing to heal those of us, all of us, who have sin. So that's the way it's been looked at for, really, for 2,000 years, from what I can tell in my study. But uh, over the past 70 or 80 years, that's been the primary way it's been understood, um, at least in our culture, uh, because of things like DDT and and uh, penicillin and the polio vaccine. For about 70 or 80 years uh, in, in American society, people have kind of forgotten about mass disease. But recently, we've gotten a reminder. And so... Um, we have an opportunity now that people really haven't had for about 80 years to really understand this message. And when we do, we'll see there is still the message about uh, Jesus forgiving sin. But there's another message when we look at it at its plain surface meaning. Jesus is healing a man with a disease. We're going to see something that people haven't been able to see as well, um, if at all, for about 80 years here in America. So, so um, uh let us um, let us go ahead and take um, take a look at this passage. We are picking up where we left off last week. We we were in um, chapter five of Luke's uh, uh, biography of Jesus, and we're going to be picking it up now in chapter twelve. I mean, in verse twelve. So um, it says, "Whoop!" It says Jesus was in. All right, you're you're good. Um, that's me. Uh, Jesus was in one of the towns. So Jesus is in one of the towns. What towns are, uh, you know, one of what towns? Well, the answer is back in chapter 4. Jesus said, um, uh, people said, hey, we love having you here. Stick around for a while. And Jesus said, I must preach the good news of God's kingdom in other cities too, for this is why I was sent. So Jesus is in one of the towns, but there's also a man covered with a skin disease. And at this point, we should stop and say, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. There shouldn't be a man in the town covered with a skin disease. And the reason for that is this is the first century. And in the first century, they didn't know where skin diseases came from. They didn't have any clue where skin diseases came from. It would be a thousand years before anybody would propose um, germ theory, and another 800 years before Louis Pasteur proved that germ theory was accurate. So it's a long time before anybody understands where infections come from. So they don't know. But they're not 
blind. I mean, they can see that sometimes you catch a, a, a disease from other people. They, that's an easy thing to observe depending on what the disease is. It's very obvious that some diseases are contagious. And so they figured out that that could happen. And so since they didn't understand uh, uh, where, what the mechanism was, they simply said, okay, well then what we need to do is we need to isolate those people. We need to, we need to quarantine them. That was the way that, that people did this kind of medicine in the first century. And, um, and the way they did it was by saying, people with skin diseases and other problems shouldn't be in the town. So uh, this was codified in the book of Leviticus, uh, which we looked at last fall. Um, so this is a part that I spared you. It's about three chapters straight of talking about skin diseases and, and bodily discharges and cleanness and so forth. So um, in it, it says, anyone with an infection of skin disease must wear torn clothes, dishevel their hair, cover their upper lip, and shout out, unclean, unclean. So this is kind of a first century face mask, right? So you're going, you know, unclean. And the other things, the, the, the clothes and the, the hair is so people look at you and say, oh, it's one of them. Stay away, right? So that was the, that was the way it's codified in the book of Leviticus. And it goes on to say, they will be unclean as long as they are infected. They are unclean. They must live alone outside the camp. So this man should not have been in the town. He's out of place. He doesn't belong where he is. He's breaking quarantine. And so this man comes up to Jesus, and he saw, when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged, Lord, if you want, you can make me clean. So, as I told the children, Jesus does want to. Jesus says, I do want to be clean, and instantly the disease left him. But before Jesus does that, before he says, I do want to be clean. He reaches out and touches the man. He touches the leper. He touches this man with this presumably contagious skin disease. Jesus breaks protocol. Jesus breaks quarantine. Jesus closes the social distance between him and this leper. So, if you're following in the program, our first point is Jesus reaches out to socially distant people. So, what do we do with that? What are we supposed to do? What, what are we supposed to learn from that? Is Jesus teaching us here that we should just break all the rules? Should we just kind of say, you know, I don't buy your, your quarantine nonsense. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Should we do that? Well, before we make that decision, let's, let's see what else he says. Jesus ordered him, the, the man with the skin disease, or former, who, the man formerly having a skin disease, he orders him not to tell anyone. Instead, Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses instructed. This will be a testimony to them. So, Jesus says, go do this. Um, he, he doesn't say, I've suspended all the rules, forget about those. Um, you know, you don't have to obey any rules that, that the society has created. Uh, you know, just do what you feel like. Jesus is not saying that. Instead, Jesus says, obey the rules. Follow, follow the procedure, just as Moses instructed. And then he says, this will be a testimony to them. And from what I can tell, there's a lot of debate among uh, scholars. Uh, who is them? 
So is he saying the priests? This will be a testimony of the priests that Jesus is in fact telling people to obey the rules? Or is it a testimony to those people you want to go tell? You know, you, you're, you're tempted right now to run out and tell everybody, I'm healed, I'm healed. But instead, a better testimony will be if the priests say it for you. So we don't know. We don't know what exactly Jesus means when he says this will be a testimony to him. But he says it will be sufficient. They will hear it. And in fact, that's what happens because Luke goes on and he says news of him spread even more. Well, you know, of course news spread. Jesus is healing people. This is the first century. You know, the the last thing you want is to get sick because, you know, who's going to help you? And Jesus is helping people. Not only that, Jesus is helping a leper. You know, it's been 800 years since there was a recording uh, of somebody being healed from leprosy. That, that, those three chapters in Leviticus that talk about, uh, skin diseases and so forth, it says the priest will look at it and judge whether it's gone. There's no hope offered in the book of Leviticus that the priest could help you with it. All he can do is say, yep, it's gone. And so maybe sometimes people went into spontaneous remission. Maybe sometimes they they um, uh, they recovered on their own. But not since the time of Elisha, 800 years before Jesus. Not since then is there any record in the, the, the scriptures of anybody ever being healed from leprosy. And Jesus has just healed a man of leprosy or this skin disease, this broad term. So news of him spread even more. And what happens next is the part we are likely to miss if we think of this strictly allegorically, if we only look at this from a point of view of sin, if we say, yes, Jesus can cleanse me from my sin, and yes, he can. But if we only look at it that way, we will miss something amazing. Because look what happens next. News of him spread even more. And huge crowds gathered to listen and be healed from their illnesses. Huge crowds gathered because they heard there were going to be lepers there searching for healing. There are going to be people with fevers, mysterious fevers. There's going to be people with with uh, 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 women with, with flows of blood that had lasted for 12 years. There's going to be all kinds of probably contagious problems. Let's go to that super spreader event. And people did. Huge crowds gathered. Not just to be healed, but to listen. Why did the crowds come? This is the first century. Nobody knows where these things come from. They're still talking about miasma and uh, malaria, meaning bad air. Why did they come? Let me, let me put it this way. Here's, here's the unique opportunity we've got we didn't have for most of the last 70 years. Let's suppose I sent out an email last night that said half of the people in church today will have COVID. Would you have come? I don't think my sermon is that good. <laughs> I would encourage anybody who is especially vulnerable and anybody who has reason to believe that they are sick. To stay home, we, you know, by God's grace, we have the ability to connect with you online. And that is, that is a mercy that they didn't have in the first century. But would you have come if you knew half the people in the crowd weren't here to listen to a sermon? They were here because 
they were infectious. They had something where if you're 80, the infection fatality rate is 15%. One person in eight over 80 who gets COVID is going to die from it. So A, they should be vaccinated because that will reduce that a lot. But B, would you do it? These crowds came. They came when Jesus healed a leper. They came because Jesus healed a leper. And they had to know there would probably be other lepers in the crowd. And they came. Why did they come? Well, they came, I think, because Jesus touched the leper. Because Jesus showed that God loves people. Not just good-looking people, not just healthy people. God loves everybody. God loves the lepers. There is no disease so disfiguring. There is no illness so virulent that God does not love them. That's what Jesus communicated when he touched the leper, when he touched this man with the skin disease. And because they knew that God loved them. They weren't afraid. They trusted Jesus. Whatever happens, that's in Jesus' hands, and I am not worried. The Apostle John writes it this way. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear expects punishment. The person who is afraid has not been made perfect in love. This is the first century. The only thing worse than getting a disease in the first century was going to a first century doctor. And people came to see Jesus, despite the risks, because they trusted Jesus. So, what what can we learn from this? What can we apply in our own lives? Well, there's two things we can notice. The first thing we can notice is that is that Jesus tells the man with the skin disease to go see the priests. Jesus says there's a role for the structures of society. That and even the primitive ones in the first century, that there's a role for these things. That people shouldn't feel that they have the 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 wherewithal or the the wisdom to challenge all of the things that society is doing. So I think the first lesson for us is to follow the science. Now, if you're a world class virologist or epidemiologist, maybe you actually do follow the science. Maybe you actually read the the journals and you know what you think. So follow the science then. But for most of us, we're going to wind up following what the experts tell us the science is. So do that. In the same way, this this man probably wanted to run outside and start shouting about being healed. Instead, he presumably went to the priests and offered the sacrifice. But the other thing to remember from this lesson is that Jesus touched the man with the skin disease. Jesus showed compassion. And so the second thing we need to do is to show compassion. These are things anybody can do. You don't have to be a Christian to do this. Anybody can do both of these. They can follow the science and they can show compassion. And so I promised you a little bit of politics. So I'm going to give you some politics. I have to tell you, it's not partisan politics. Um, uh, Everything today is is politicized, and that's, um, that's a shame. Even diseases are politicized. So I want to talk a little bit about politics and the meaning. Uh, 
polis, the, the, the city, the town. The, how is the town regulated? How do we make sense? How do we live together as people? So I want to talk about politics. So, let's assume we are going to follow the science, and let's assume we're going to show compassion. I think there's two questions we should ask ourselves that are political questions, and it's, are we in fact following the science, or are we being punitive? I see headlines like these. CNN's Laura Wynn, the unvaccinated should not be allowed to leave their homes. Or Sydney lockdown fines linked, hiked to $3,700. Or the Quebec tax on the unvaccinated may be lawful. And I ask, is that really the best way to do that? What is the goal that that will, that will produce? What, what, in advance of what policy are we proposing these things? Is it compassionate or is it punitive? Is there any other way to achieve the same result? So those are questions we can ask because, because we are the polis. We are the people whose polis, whose, whose government, whose city is being managed. That's the first question. The second question is, okay, let's suppose they are. Let's suppose these are things, this is the best thing that can be done. This is surgical in its precision. It exactly produces the policy we need. The second question is, is it going to be applied fairly? You've probably seen pictures of politicians without masks. And you might have heard that even though Los Angeles has a vaccine mandate for going into public spaces, apparently the Oscars are going to be exempted. So you can ask yourself, if this is really necessary, why isn't it necessary? So, that's that's the political piece. I think those are questions we should ask ourselves. Are we following the science? And are we showing compassion? And anybody can do that. But I want to I want to conclude by talking to the church. I want to talk to people who follow Jesus. In this story, I wonder where are the disciples? Literally, the last thing we heard last week in verse 11 was they left everything and followed Jesus. And so I wonder, here we are in verse 12, a man with a contagious, presumably contagious skin disease shows up. Where are the disciples? You know, I, do they, do they like jump in front of the leper? Do they like say, oh no, he's a leper. I'll get in front of him like the secret service jumping in front of an assassin. Is that what they do? I've got to get in front of Jesus. Do they go, oh my, it's a, it's a leper. Do they back away as far and as fast as they can because they don't want leprosy? Or are they out in the crowd looking for more lepers to bring to Jesus? Where are the disciples in this story? I don't know. Luke doesn't tell us. But if they weren't doing what we would hope they would do in this story. Eventually they did. Eventually the disciples realized that they should be out looking for lepers to bring to Jesus. How many of you recognize this? If I asked you what city that is, 
Where would you say it is? Any guesses? This isn't that hard. You're probably right. Disneyland. Disneyland. It is not Disneyland. It is <laughs> Moscow. Okay. So that is that is a building in Moscow. People in America often call it um, the Kremlin. It's actually across the street from the Kremlin. It's not the Kremlin. It is the Cathedral of St. Basil. In Russian, that's Vasily. The Cathedral of St. Basil. Who is St. Basil? St. Basil was a Christian in the 4th century. So about 300 years after this story, Christianity was legalized throughout the Roman Empire. And a couple of decades later, this man, Basil, he lived in what is today Turkey. And he created the first hospital, the first public hospital. His friend Gregory of Nazianzus said this at his funeral. He said, Basil's care was for the sick and the relief of their wounds and the imitation of Christ by cleansing leprosy, not by a word, but in deed. In about 370 A.D., Basil created the first public hospital. First, as far as we can tell, as far as history tells us, it was the first one ever. There were some private hospitals. Um, there were like VA facilities. But there wasn't a public hospital until Basil. Today, in the United States, healthcare is the third largest segment of the economy. One person in eight, one adult in eight in our country works in healthcare. And the reason they do is because of Basil and because of Jesus. Jesus' compassion transforms the world. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this lesson that because of Jesus, people today can be engaged in the search for medicine, the search for cures, the, the, the application of therapies, and tending the sick. We pray, O oh God, that you would bless them in their work so that we may be healthy. But we pray, Lord, you would work in us as Jesus' disciples and as members of the polis to show the kind of compassion he showed and to follow the science. We pray this in his holy name. Amen.